Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. B-Pod Studios. The Felger and Maz podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. To me, the whole thing with the finger under between the legs, antiquated, archaic, and weird. I mean, the whole thing is freaking silly. It's Felger and Maz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. We have the final play of this game forthcoming. One second left. Ball be snapped from the 46 far hash mark. Three receivers wide to the right, one to the left. Two deep safeties for the Patriots, and I mean deep at the five. Wilson scrambles to the right, pulls up, steps up, steps up. He a lost chance. a high throw toward the end zone. That ball will come down in the crowd. It's batted away. It's oh, God. Away. Oh, my God. And nearly caught by Cobb on the goal line. It's incomplete, and the Patriots win it. My God. All right, hi, everybody. Welcome into the program. Felger and Maserati coming to you on Tuesday, September 26th. Tuesday means only one thing, Maz. You know what that is? Big boy. The big feller himself from Boston Sports Journal joins us here in our Town Fair Tire Studios in Waltham. We're joined by uh, Big Jim Rainer Update Studio and the aforementioned Maz here in the Maz chair. We're brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook, both here on 98.5 The Sports Hub and the simulcast that beams across New England and the country. On NBC Sports Boston, we got Bedard here for the next two hours. So, hardcore, nitty-gritty football talk right in your face. Uh, We'll open up the phones because we'll take calls with Greg, as we always do. 617-779-0985. We'll give you three up, three down coming up this hour. We do ten questions next hour. It's the same sort of program as we do every Tuesday that we've done for going on 14 years. Forever. The aforementioned Wiggy spot. And we now have Bedard. He's logging in and wiping down as we speak. I know he's got some thoughts on the game as he's getting settled, Maz. Have any follow-up thoughts on the game, what, 48 hours later? Oh, I thought I was going to let Greg go. He looks ready to go. Greg, go. Go. (laughs) I am. I'm ready to go. Um, Look, this probably isn't going to be popular, um, as most of my opinions on this show are are not popular. But I thought that the Patriots actually took a step forward. Boo, boo, suck, boo. You suck, boo. Boo, seriously. They what? I'm sorry. Say that again. They, they, say it again. They took a step forward oh, with their it. offense. Explain yourself. Was, Go ahead. Fine. Go. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, let's just mention that they should have had another six points if Joe Cardona, the second highest rated, uh, highest paid long snapper in the league, could uh, properly snap the ball. He's second, not holder. first. He's second. Oh, it's so much better for me to call him first. I know. Shoot! Uh, no, one's you, lo- you, no one's looking that up. Just you, call. You've it already p- pissed me off. But, but what the what the film showed was as the game went on, 
the offensive line is starting to make some headway. They started to move the line of scrimmage. Uh, they are their pad levels better. Uh, they're executing their duo blocks, the double teams with a, a much better timing. They ran the ball a bit better. Um, I, you know, I thought the I thought the offense was uh, was improved in this game. Now, of course, everybody is going to be focused on the passing game. Um, what what people have to realize in general, and you know, it's you have to take things into into consideration. And the bottom line is that Jets defense is really really good. Um, it's especially tough for this Patriots offense because they don't have a lot of top end talent uh, to to open things up. But uh, I thought that Mac Jones played really well in the first half. Uh, he did not play well in the second half. The passing offense didn't in general. But you know, then we can get into a big discussion about like I just think at this point in time with the passing offense, no one has any idea what anybody can do. Like they don't they don't know what each player does well or what they don't do well. And, like, you know, for example, the two third down plays to Juju Smith-Schuster, it, you know, it he should not be put in that position. I mean, you match Mac Jones throwing outside the numbers and Juju Smith-Schuster trying to win outside the numbers. The percentages are extremely low. Now, I will say, I thought Mac made good throws on those balls. I thought that if that's Jacoby Myers, they know each other well enough where Jacoby, you know, he's trying to push up field, and then he realizes at a certain point in time, I'm just going to break back and catch the ball back shoulder. And that's the way Mac threw it. And I think if it's Jacoby Myers, they execute that. Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't think he understands what he is at this point in time. Like, he thinks he's going to win down the field against these guys. Yeah, he, maybe the one on the left sideline, he had a step for a second, but that's not going to last. Like, he has to know, Juju, you're not going to beat anybody over the top. Just work to the back shoulder. Figure out how to work to the back shoulder. And the other thing about these guys, Mac Jones and Juju Smith-Schuster, and I asked somebody with the Patriots, I said, you know, watching these guys on film, I said, do these guys practice together? Because when you watch them, it doesn't look like they do. And, and the answer I got was, they practice together sometimes. I mean, that's the way it looks on, on, on film. I mean, so you have Devontae Parker, who's a complete no factor in this game. Juju Smith-Schuster and Mac Jones don't know what each other does well or how they're going to throw balls. Um, the tight ends can't get open uh, over the middle. They're not using Demario Douglas. They have no third down back. I mean, what do you expect out of the passing offense? So, look, against, against a lesser front, and most of the teams they're going to see are going to be lesser fronts, defensive fronts, they're going to do some real things in the running game. They got under center a little bit more. They made some real play action. That stuff continues against defenses like, you know, we might. I haven't watched Dallas yet. I don't know how good they are. I know the Cardinals exposed them and ran all over them. But the Patriots should be able to do some things with their running game and play action game. Now they got to figure out the passing offense and what works and what doesn't work. Excuse me. Okay, so again, Maz, you get that? Their pad level and duo blocks are better. Yeah, no, no, the duo blocks I was very worried about. Okay. Uh, you can, we can weigh in on that, 617-779-0985 or not. You can also talk about, yeah, I thought what you wrote in your email here to us was was good. You know, the, those spots to Juju Smith-Schuster, okay? Uh, you just define the problems. But should that be Juju Smith-Schuster in the first place? And if not, who should it be? I mean, because you're right, who should be the guy in that spot? Uh, and you say, maybe Parker. He was freaking useless in this game. I hate, I hate watching all of their receivers, except for Henry and Pop Douglas, who they never use. Would Tyquan Thornton help at all? Expand on that. 
I mean, I just don't know what anybody does well. I mean, you know, when the way I understand it, uh, you know, you guys talked about it yesterday about Juju being the replacement for Jacoby Myers. The way that I understand it, Mike Kosicki was the replacement for Juju for for Jacoby, Jacoby Myers, Myers, not Juju Smith-Schuster. And remember, Gesicki signed first, I think, by a few days. And so what did they draft Juju for? I mean, did they think and, – and he does line up outside the numbers a lot. That's just not his game. He is just – he's an interior zone outlet receiver. That's all he is at this point in time. Why are you having him being the inside receiver, you know, in a stack and having him go outside the numbers? Don't you have any better options for that? And if you don't, figure it out. Maybe it should be Gasicki. I don't know. But he takes forever to get down the field. They have to figure out, you know, just like Bill does with the defense. I mean, every single addition they make to the defense is like, all right, this guy is going to do this role. He's going to do really well for us, and this is what we're going to do. On offense, it just seemed like they threw a bunch of crap together, and they're like, well, we'll figure it out at some point in time. And people are 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 frustrated that three games in the season, it's not the passing game isn't all that productive. I mean, why why should this surprise anybody? Well, I'm, sure. I'm with you, but that doesn't make it okay. And I, I and I, I know you're not saying it is okay. Uh, and I think you're right. I think it is predictable. I, I, you know, again, thanks to you and other guys who go down there, I've been saying it for two months. How could they possibly be ready? They're not ready. They don't do anything. They're not working together. They don't play together. Like so, of course, right? I mean, it's predictable, but still, you know, worth criticizing. Definitely worth criticizing. If, if they were ready to go, maybe they're, they're two and two and not one, or what, whatever. You know what I mean? They're two, two and one. one and not one and two. Yes. Look, and every game matters. Not that we need to, you know, hash that over. This is, we've, you've already mentioned Juju twice. Yep. Okay. In, the, in your opening statement and now in response to this question. And you said something about how, you know, him outside the hashes and Jones throwing outside the hashes is a bad combination in terms of, efficiency or chances for success Mm -hmm. not to be a dick but doesn't that fall on the offensive coordinator like what what are you putting them out there that that's got to go on o'brien well i I know but the 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 flip side of that coin is all right well who are you gonna put there who's better and you're paying this guy what nine and a half million dollars i mean that's why you signed him you signed him with the idea that he was going to be your volume third down uh yards after the catch guy and he's just not that that's a personnel failing not an offensive coordinator if if there was a ready alternative then i would say yeah obviously it's billy o'brien i mean he's he's made a mistake he's got to recalibrate but i don't know who are you gonna put there i mean are you gonna put Devontae parker there i don't know i mean did he show many much guts against uh xavian howard the week before along the boundary in a big spot i mean so what are you going to do? Maybe maybe you try Gasicki this week and see what he can do. But And he does run really good routes, but it just takes a while to get down the field. Do they just not trust these new guys? I mean, why was like Kesha, who? Well, why was Keishon Booty a healthy scratch? Because he's a rookie and he's not that good. I mean, you know, I I mean, how many how many receivers are you going to have up? And, you know, Bill's got to have his, you know, Ty Montgomery's got to be up to, you know, rush the field goal block or you know whatever he does i mean why isn't he playing on offense you know i mean at its obviously with rookies they they feel like it takes them a while to to trust them and and i understand that but i mean you know like we said coming into the season i said if you're expecting anything out of booty this season like you know good luck who needs to be benched up front 
Cole Strange. I'm, you know, I don't know how much the injury is factoring into this. Hallelujah. And, and, and he uh, he was working something out on the sideline once Moffy came in for him for the last, I think, 26 snaps of the game. But, and I will, granted, Quinn and Williams is a tough matchup for anybody. But if he's relatively healthy, then I think they need to put Moffy in. And if, you know, Cole Strange is a first-round pick. Moffy is a fifth-round rookie. I mean, that's obviously an indictment. What do you on, see from Strange or not see? Well, when you talk about deep uh, offensive interior guys, especially guards, you 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 want to start with you know somebody who is a low center of ga- gravity. That's what you're looking for. Guys who can anchor against the Quinn and Williams of the world. And with Cole Strange, what I see is, and I we saw this as rookie year, but I figured it would get better. He would get heavier. He would get stronger. His center of gravity, instead of being, you know, around his calves or his knees, it's more around like his belly button. Like he just gets worked in the upper body like few guards I've ever seen. And and while Mafi isn't much of an athlete and, and is slow of foot, he's built low to the ground. Him and Michael Wenu are both, uh, both built very similar. So, you know, I think at least for the short term, I think they need to put Mafi in at left guard, see what it looks like, and then you know, go from there. As far as Cole Strange, you know, what what is his future here? You know, you can you can give it another look at guard at some some point in time. But, you know, is he a tackle? Could be. I don't think he can make that transition this year. I thought watching his college film, I thought that he would be more of a center where you can get away of being a little lighter and he's such a great athlete. A little more athletic position, yep. just a yeah. little. Yeah, and you don't have, you don't often in today's NFL have, you know, a 390-pound nose tackle, like, right in your face. And then you can just angle those guys anyways. They're not going to be explosive coming up the ball. So, I don't know. But I, I think at this point in time, I think Strange needs to sit and Moffy needs to play. We're off and running. Uh, Maz is shaking his head already. How about you out there? 617-779-0985 to you right after this. You did it, along with millions of people who prioritized their health and got vaccinated against COVID-19 to help protect against severe illness and hospitalization, too. Now, let's keep it up. Keep it up! With this season's updated COVID-19 shot, designed to help protect against recent variants. According to the CDC, you can get a COVID shot at the same visit as your flu shot if you're due for both. Ask your doctor or pharmacist to learn more and schedule on the CDC's vaccines.gov. Keep it up! Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Up. Exactly what was it you heard? It's Belger and Matt. 98.5 The Sports Hub. Yeah, I think, you know, O'Brien has no trouble doing that. And, and you know, things that I heard at kind of a, a smaller scale is that, you know, O'Brien and, and Bill have had their own blow-ups or louder conversations in the last few months. And it's not like anything kind of systemic or reflective of a bad relationship. It's just, you know, O'Brien was nicknamed Teapot for a reason. And Belichick's going to stand his ground. And sometimes that's like how coaches communicate in the NFL. So I don't think he has any issue doing that. My thing is, will Belichick listen? Because I think he looks at that. You know, you mentioned Ramondre Stevenson, um, Alex, and there are plenty of other players who've had this treatment. It's kind of a pillar of his program. Like, discipline starts from day one, and that means not letting up regardless of whatever happens. I just think, again, he's a kid who's earned your trust to this point, and this is a kid that you need. And so unless he absolutely fumbles here again, then, you know, he deserves a second chance. So whether O'Brien has the you know, sway or not, or is able to persuade Belichick. I don't know, but yeah, it, he'll, he definitely has enough juice to go into that room and speak his mind. It was Andrew Callahan on the pregame on Sunday. 
And he's ostensibly talking about DeMario Douglas there, I guess. But the part that interested a lot of people was the piece about Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick and that relationship and who's running the offense and O'Brien with the strong personality, doesn't have a problem talking to Bill and et cetera, et cetera. And I believe Greg Bedard has also heard something along those lines. So where do you think that stands? What's the dynamic there? Uh, so <clears throat> I heard something towards the end of camp about how basically, and it's not specific to uh, Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien. It's it's more the, the hierarchy, the the hierarchy in the building. With you know, you have Bill Belichick, who's basically you know playing out the string, so to speak. You know, everyone's just waiting for him to leave at some point in time. You have Bill O'Brien, who's been a uh, you know former head coach and empowered by the ownership. And you have Gerard Mayo, who's the the heir apparent, empowered by ownership and waiting. And, you know, there are some, at times there have been some, um, how do I term this? I wouldn't say battles, but just. There's a dynamic? There's a dynamic. Um, as far as O'Brien and, and Belichick getting after each other, I haven't heard much about that. Uh, that would surprise me. Bill O'Brien, yeah, he might be teapot about certain things, but he is very much he adheres to the the structure of an org- organization and and knows his place and and is fine, you know, playing his role. That would surprise me, but uh, you know, and it wouldn't seem to be this point in time where frustration would be sitting in. I well, mean, but this is if anything, I, it would be about personnel. So this is where it, it comes in, I think. DeMario Douglas fumbles, you know, in a game, which not really his fault, and Bill sort of puts him on ice. Belichick does. Would O'Brien have done the same thing, and does he want to take him off ice? Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, that was Bill Belichick's decision. I don't want Jacoby Myers. I want Juju Smith-Schuster. Now is Bill Belichick sort of shoehorning Juju Smith-Schuster out there to justify the move? And that's those aren't Bill O'Brien's calls, yet he's got to deal with the shrapnel of that. He's got to deal with the personnel that he's given by the guy above him. And is there friction on those points? You know, and if it were up to Bill O'Brien, would we see different things there? That's, I guess, sort of the question. I mean, person, go ahead, Greg. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say personnel wise, I I can see how O'Brien would be frustrated. Like, you know, I I was just looking up how many snaps to Mario Douglas played in this game. It was 17, 24%. I mean, three quarters of the time, he's not even on the field. So I guess my question would be, if they are griping over the personnel, does O'Brien have to keep playing Juju? Can he put Douglas out there? I would say no. No. It's, I, and again, I'd speak for Greg, but O'Brien's not going to – if Bill Belichick wants something, Bill O'Brien's not going to say no or throw something else out there that the head coach doesn't want. Bill O'Brien isn't stupid. Gets along to gets along. He ain't going to do that. But, you know, I just wonder if there's, uh, as we would say, Greg, a dynamic there. Well – just knowing the way things operate inside that building, um, I would be surprised if Belichick isn't, you know, basically saying like, uh, you know, if Bill O'Brien was like, well, we want to uh, have Pop Douglas up a lot this week. And Bill's like, no, don't do that. You know, keep I, I have a hard time seeing that. I mean, really, the way things work is they get together in staff meetings at the beginning of the week. And Bill sort of goes over like this is his vision for the game. And this is what he wants to see out of the defense. This is what he wants to see out of the offense. And those guys then break off and they work the game plan in Belichick's vision. You know, I think he leaves the personnel and those decisions up to the coordinators. And, um, 
you know, for whatever reason. I mean, look, we don't even know. Pop sitting, Douglas is I'm talented, sorry, but sorry. we don't know if he knows where he's going. Sitting a guy. All right, fine. That would be Bill O'Brien's decision. Right. The sitting a guy or playing a guy after a fumble is the head coach's decision. Oh, Definitely. yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a head coach thing. That's not a game plan. You know, that's a different yeah. thing. I'm talking about just this game, not, you know, what happened in the Miami game. I'm talking about just this game and the roles that players had in this game. To me, it's under the purview of the offensive coordinator working in concert with the quarterback. All right, let's take some calls here for Greg. Uh, Jeff's in Newton. He jumped on first. Go ahead, Jeff. All right, Jeff, you got to be ready to go. Turn your radio down, your TV, whatever you got there. Mark in California. What do you got, Mark? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, Good afternoon here uh, in California. I was calling because I agree with Greg almost 100% in regards to Juju just should not be in that role. Um, Those throws should probably be to Douglas, more because that's an open area short throw. There's no explosion from Juju if he catches that ball anyways. Where's he's going down right after the play. The whole thing about Juju Smith-Schuster and his yards after the catch frustrates me. It's like, you looked at Jacoby Myers the last couple of years and said, this is something that's hurting us. He doesn't get yards after the catch. After he, you know, converts first down after first down after first down, after he's the one guy that your quarterback trusts and has a good chemistry with, you look at that and go, we need to upgrade that. Like that's the spot you upgrade. I mean, I look. So, I mean, to the point. I don't buy it. Like, I don't believe it. I believe he talked back last year, or he didn't play ball with Bill on the contract, or something like that. I, I believe, with no inside information as usual, but just using common sense in my eyes, that Jacoby Myers isn't here for non-football reasons. Because what idiot looks at him as a football player and says that's not what we don't need that, or we need to upgrade that somehow? Sorry. They can't be that bad at looking at receiver talent. And I mean, I up, upgrade him with a guy who's worse. Right. I, I don't disagree with your, your your take on the whole Jacoby Myers situation and why he's not here. What I take issue with is that because I've been asking for an upgrade over Jacoby Myers for years, you know, that they needed somebody more along the lines of Welker and Edelman, somebody who can get open. Jacoby's not that guy. He should be like a number three type guy, not not a number two. And... But, of course, the Patriots, instead of going out and getting a guy or finding a guy or making a priority in the draft, they go get some broken-down guy who barely made it through last season physically, who his last two teams wanted to have nothing to do with him. That's the guy they go okay. and get. So, I mean, I, I, I'm i going to disagree with you if you say I needed a Welker or an Edelman. I mean, they all, they all come in different shapes and sizes. I care about third and six, the guy that gets seven yards. I don't care how he does it. I don't care if he's big, small, short. Fat, yeah, but tall, Mike, it, you know. Yeah, but Mike, it makes it easier. What we're talking about, the frustrations with this offense right now, is because they don't have any guys. And Pop Douglas could be that guy three games into his rookie year. We don't know, but they don't have any guys that can stop on a dime and get open. Okay, well, when it counts, so Jacoby you, couldn't do that. I understand, but then you get someone like if you're saying we. If, That's what I'm saying. If Jacoby Myers was your number one receiver, and you said we need to upgrade the number one receiver, yes. Jacoby Myers is your three. He's a slot guy, possession guy. You don't upgrade that spot. You park him right where he is, and you go get a number one. I do play on top of him. But I, I, and and I'm getting frustrated with the. Well, they got a guy with a bad knee. It's all about the bad knee. You know, obviously he's got a bad knee. But how do you know that that's it? How do you know that it's that it begins and ends there with Juju Smith-Schuster? How do you know that he gets the offense? Or sees the field the way the quarterback sees the field, or you know puts in the work. Like 
it's sort of leaving out a whole raft of other things that I, I without even knowing Juju Smith-Schuster had a bad knee, I hated the transition. You want to go get someone that can uh, create space, break tackles, get yards after the catch? Fine. Keep Jacoby Myers and go sign that other guy, too. That's what you should have done. Ryan and Bill Recker. Hi, Ryan. Hey, um, I just wanted to point out, Bedard, you are like the Kyrie Irving or Aaron Rodgers of football writers. I mean, you are just, you suck, Bedard, seriously. That's your analysis that the right guard's pad level's great. Wow, Matt Jones can't throw the ball 15 yards down the field that our receivers suck. This is what you bring this guy in for? Yes, because I'm not talking about the right guard's pad level. No, me neither. But it's actually important. I've and never I, I've never said it's not important. It's just I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, no, I like Greg's analysis, actually, because I can tell you that Mac Jones can't throw. Exactly. Well, you really <laughs> can't win, huh? You said that the offense was actually good, and and better I, than I mean, people thought. You know, it is what it is. No, I but, mean, but I'm telling you, this is what the film says. The, the film says the offensive line, which was the weakest part of this team the first two weeks, made progress in this game against one of the best defensive fronts in the league. I'm sorry, that's notable. I'm sorry it doesn't have anything to do with your fantasy team, but go to hell. <laughs> I like it. That was good. That's no, how I would answer so, that. Someone's got to break down the guard play. It's actually important. I thought you were going to say somebody's got to go to hell. Let's do three up, three down with Bedard. More great analysis. I'm going to stick offensive lineman up his oh, rear yeah, end yeah, just yeah, for that. Ryan, you didn't like that so far? Just yeah. wait till you hear his three up, three down after the headlines. <laughs> It's Raymond and Austin. We're back on All-Star Sports Radio, celebrating their 30th year. Our sportsbook and casino sponsor, BetUS.com, is offering a 125% sign-up bonus plus up to 30 risk-free bets. It's called Bet Protect, the perfect offer for crazy plays, like the famous butt fumble. It's the goat of embarrassing plays. <laughs> really, remember when you bet me you could do a live show with a goat as your co-host, and he face-kicked you? Thankfully, I didn't take the under on that one. Anyway, folks, get Bet Protect today. The industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus plus up to 30 risk-free bets. BetUS.com, where the game begins. Ready or not, it's more Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. And now, it's time for three Touchdown, Patriots! Two big throws on this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from BostonSportsJournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Felder and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Three up, three down. Three studs, three duds. It's win in New York on Sunday with Greg Bedard. The Boston Sports Journal, presented by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game with the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. First star for the Patriots. Uh, Greg, please make it a guard. Uh, <laughs> close. Defensive tackle. Christian Barmore. I thought he was outstanding in this game, controlled the middle, uh, six impactful plays. Uh, his first extended playing time in a long time. I want to see more. A Barmore, he took a real big step in this game. Uh, Christian Gonzalez. Mm. I thought Gonzalez did a good job on uh, Garrett Wilson the times he was on him. And, boy, there was that one play they highlighted, especially during the game, where he literally was, like, shadowing him. It was like why – and I'm, I'm going way back in time here, Mike. It was like – remember Steve Casper shadowing Wayne Gretzky? Of course. Like, literally stride for stride, replicating everything he was doing. There was a play where Gonzalez did that with Garrett Wilson. I thought, man, this kid is smooth. 
And I thought, you know, Zach Wilson sucks, but their pass defense was predicated on Gonzalez being with Garrett Wilson at least part of the time. Okay, number two. Juwan Bentley. The Patriots had to make the Patriots, uh, the Jets, one-dimensional. And, um, you know, while the Patriots were certainly aggressive because they could be against Wilson, I thought Bentley was excellent with his run fits and, and, you know, was a real pain in the ass for the running game. Barmore. I had him number two also. He he was noticeable in this game. Nice. Three. David Andrews. Uh, clean sheet again. Knew He's it. been outstanding to start the season. Three uh, big fellers for the big boy, Greg Bedard. I yep. went Zeke. And for Ryan. I went Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott third. I thought he was good. Again, nothing spectacular, yep. but when they ran the ball, he was well, excellent. Elliott did what he was supposed to do. He was fine. Uh, Greg, give me a second on Ezekiel Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson. What's wrong with Ramondre Stevenson? So, I, to me, I don't like the rotation. I don't like the every other series. I think that Stevenson is a guy who, um, at least right now, going into the season, he, probably because he got so much volume last year, once Harris went down, he needs more. He needs more action to get into the game to get his rhythm. I would be a proponent of playing uh, Stevenson the first two series and then getting Zeke into the game and then you know sort of going with the hot hand. But I think that Stevenson needs to uh, he needs more carries to get going. Okay, three down. Uh, Joe Cardona, second highest rated long snapper. He blew six points with two bad snaps. Juju, awful. Awful. Again, he's useless. They went out and signed him as their best receiver. He's useless. Had three targets, one catch for five yards. He's not connecting with the quarterback. I still think the comments from Mac Jones early on were directed at Juju about not, you know, showing up early and staying late. He didn't, Juju didn't work together during the offseason. I, I start with Schuster. I'm sorry. Number two, Greg. Cole Strange. Two and a half hits, three and a half pressures, two run stuffs and 44 snaps. Um, I know it's a tough matchup but they need better out of him. Cole Strange. I had him number two as well. And, like, again, I come back to the same thing. You took a guard in the first round, and you took a guy from Tennessee Chattanooga who other people had picked to go in the fourth. What, so you could tell everybody how smart you are? Because that that was the whole logic? At a useless position and a a guy from a school nobody was targeting. What a mistake. Third. Uh, Juju. I I thought he was... I thought he was terrible in this game. He had a penalty, a dumb penalty. He had a route earlier in the game where he gave questionable effort coming off the line. Uh, he he doesn't know who he is. He's not in sync with his quarterback. They got to figure something out. Cardona. I had him again. Greg and I flip-flopped. Uh, Cardona cost him points, and he wasn't even out there all that much. Greg, give me a, Greg for a, a grade for Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones, I would say B minus. I thought he was really good in the first half. Uh, for whatever reason, it didn't work in the second half. I had him for five plus two minus in the first half, one plus two minus in the second half. I didn't like, uh, the Demario Douglas pass. Um, it, first of all, that should have been a touchdown. Demario had a step on him. And I don't know whether he ran the right route or not, but Max footwork was terrible in that play. Um, he was basically pointed at the sideline, threw it off his back foot. Like if he's ready to throw there, you know, he's, he snaps it in there. It's a touchdown. What did you make of the Sars Gardner thing? And I'll just say this because we have the NFL network on one of our monitors up here and they just had the red sort of breaking news thing or just this just in and Judy Batista reported Mac Jones, not expected to be suspended for incident with sauce Gardner. <laughs> Suspended, and I sort of like I just saw it. I glanced at it first, so he's not going to be fined for the thing with Sauce Gardner. All right, then I, and then I looked at it against it. Oh no, suspended. He's not going to be suspended. Was that on the table? 
Was a suspension on the table for no, that thing? Shouldn't have been. No, I think it was just social media scuttlebutt yeah. more than anything else. All right, he'd probably get fined. I mean, if that's if it was a suspension, was even even on the table. Either way, would you make of the play, Greg? Should he be uh, fined? And uh, how do you read that whole thing? Well, I don't know if he should be fined, but you know, look, Max got to knock this stuff off. He's obviously getting a reputation around the league. Um, Not getting has has. Um, you know, I don't really care whether he's viewed as a dirty player. What I care about is somebody's going to retaliate against him. And this is a team in the Jets. You got to play twice a year, and these guys will remember this. It's getting you know, Darius Slay said something about it. Um, you know, you, he, somebody's going to somebody's going to take take a late hit at him due to this stuff, and that's what I worry about. I mean, you compare it to Patrick Mahomes in the quarterback uh, miniseries on Netflix. You know, he he made a point to say that he's nice to the rushers. Like, and you hear him, there's audio, hey, nice rush dog, how you doing? Because he's like, he even says, because, you know, maybe they pull up next time. Like, and, and it works. I mean, and now Mac is just doing the opposite, and that's not good uh, for anybody. And so, and, and the other thing about that play, this specific play, and I don't want to make a huge deal out of it because it was a different type of play. It was a it was a quarterback sneak. It was a scrum sort of thing. So four of the five offensive linemen were down in the pile after the play, and they didn't see the the Mosley takedown. They didn't see the Sauce Gardner shove. The only guy on the offensive line who saw it was Antonio Maffi, and he was on the other side. He's a rookie. But for your quarterback to get tackled by his head into the ground by C.J. Mosley and no one to do anything... I have an issue with that. Devontae Parker reacted, came up. He should have knocked his block off. That's what you're supposed to do for your teammate, especially your quarterback, and nobody did anything. Now, I'm not going to take it to the next level, which I'm sure you guys will later on in the week, which is these four, guys hate uh, Mac Jones. I'm sorry, it's like uh, 4 o'clock right, okay. uh, when you yeah. leave, but go ahead. These, yes, guys, four o'clock these guys don't respect Mac Jones. They don't have his back. I'm not doing that because, really, I don't think Parker has it in him, as we saw the week before, to, to do that. But – Somebody's got to answer for that. If you're a football team, if you're a hockey team, whatever, somebody's got to do something, and nobody did anything. So what does that speak to? The team isn't connected. You look at the four offensive linemen, or you look at Mac Jones and say he doesn't have the respect of the team. I know, and you said you don't want to do this. We're doing this. Right. I, I think I think Parker doesn't have it in him. You know, that that's all. That's all it says to me. What about the rest that, of them? Well, I mean, I'd have to go back and look at the film, and I will during the break. But I can tell you, I, I did a freeze frame, and the only line, uh, the only lineman that was vertical that saw it, everybody else was face down on the ground. It was Moffy, yep, and he was on the other side. If David Andrews saw that, David Andrews would have done something. I know that. Trent Brown, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Michael Wenu, possibly. I, I feel a little bit better about that, but. Somebody, Parker saw the whole thing, reacted. Somebody needs to retaliate for the quarterback there. Maz, your thoughts? Oh, look, I think it's a horrible look all the way around. I think Jones has become this little brat out on the field, for lack of a better description. And again, Greg, you know, I'd say he has a reputation. It's been four incidents. We rattled them off yesterday. Yep. Four times. Kid's been in the league three years. My assessment, they don't like him. They don't want to back him up. He's a punk. (laughs) These guys don't respect Mac Jones. They don't have his back. (laughs) Don't do that, Jimmy. Don't do that. Uh, These guys don't respect Mac Jones. They don't have his back. Headline coming to (laughs) 98.5, thesportshub.com. Uh, you can pick up on that. Anything else you want? Football calls with Bedard, 617 779 0985. Long commercial free segment. 
Next. These guys don't respect Mac Jones. They don't have his back. Now, more of the show that gets Boston home. Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Is this recoverable, the Juju Smith-Schuster thing? Like, is, is this a temporary deal when you know what you know about this injury and what he's going through? Is this something that we're ever going to get anything out of Juju? So I watched him closely yesterday as I was rewatching the game, and the lack of explosion in his body is evident. And there are some things that they ask their slot receiver to do. It's a little return route, right, where you, you, you release off the line of scrimmage, you break towards the linebackers, plant your foot, and come back out, flat out to the outside. I have two examples that I clipped on tape that I'm going to throw out there on Twitter and, and Boston Sports Journal where he, he like eases into the, the cut and he doesn't explode out of the break. So your answer is no. It, it's really concerning. And, and like, look, again, was it a slick field? It was. You saw guys falling sure. down. So are you being a little bit more careful? But I'm talking about like... There's still got to be a plan and push. You're trying to separate from somebody, and he's he's not. I mean, I actually I feel bad for him. I do because like he is giving his effort out there. Like you you see it. He's he's trying to block. He's trying to like. There is a buy-in from him. It's just the body is not, not allowing him to do what what he needs to do or what he was brought here to do. So- I get the injury part of it. I don't discount it. It's the easiest thing to pick at the team for because that's just simple due diligence. But I'm here to tell you, even if he's totally healthy, he wasn't going to work like Jacoby Myers and you were going to take a hit. That's how I felt day one. That's how I feel today. And the injury kind of obscures the fact, obscures the mistake. It, 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 it changes the nature of the mistake. Uh, you, you acquired damaged goods. So you didn't do your due diligence or you missed on something. Like That's what the narrative is now. Or the second guess is when the second guess should be, why are you moving on from Jacoby Myers? Why are you moving on from Jacoby Myers? You you, you want to get more explosive guys to put around them. You want yards after the catch in your offense. I totally get it. Then go get it. Why don't you keep your possession receiver and go get that other thing somewhere else? Get cheap skates, cheap bastards, you know, or vindictive or whatever it is. So, yeah, the knee, I get it. Even with a fully healthy knee and a fully operational player, it was a mistake. It is a mistake. Yeah, look, again, I think it can be both. And I I do come back to the money thing. Let's say you wanted to let let Jacoby Myers go and get like a Julian Edelman type. I'm okay with that. Like if you get a guy who's quick and can get you 100 balls, fine. uh, At least you upgrade the position. I wouldn't do it. But, Mike, even if. I wouldn't do it at the sake of Jacoby Myers? No. I'm keeping Jacoby Myers. I'm, I'm still not doing that. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I, I just, I'm telling you that I'd be okay with that if you wanted to get a better slot guy. But the, they didn't even go for a better slot guy. Best case scenario, it was lateral. So, I mean, but that's just my point. Mike, I will say that, you know. I wouldn't have swapped out the, for anything. The pushback for the team would be that you're against. So, that the Patriots were the fourth worst third down team last year with Jacoby Myers. Okay. Well, so, shouldn't they look for better? Where did he rank uh, in terms of first down catches or percentage of catches that went for first downs? Where was he in the first down equation? I mean, so they were a bad third down team and that we blame Jacoby Myers for that? The one guy that picked up first downs? I just think that's backward thinking. No, I think that was a Matt Patricia Joe Judge issue would be my guess. I mean, and again, if your offense needs more yards after the catch and more explosiveness, I'm all for that. You keep the steady possession receiver and go get that thing elsewhere. 
they were so like this is just a logic I reject. They were a bad third down team because of their best third down receiver. I'm sorry. I just don't. I'm sorry he didn't score points for you in your fantasy team. Or he wasn't on highlights or wee didn't take the top off the defense. He just got first downs. And if they they so you suck on third down, so you try and replace your best third down option. Okay. All right. Bob and Needham, what do you got for Bedard? Yeah, all four of us know that this team has absolutely zero chance to eat, make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl this year, other other than if you have 29 plane crashes. So, I mean, this roster construction is awful. I, I felt like I'm going to feed you a point. Why did they draft a kicker in the fourth round when they had Nick Folk, who never missed, you know, from 45 yards in? Okay, is the kicker an issue? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, he looked fine. I mean, let's start with Joe Cardona getting his snaps. Yeah, it was the high snaps, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Nick Folk was uh, fine. If the kid makes his kicks, I'm fine. You know, I, I don't blame him for the two misses there in New York. I don't. What, now, why'd they have to spend two draft picks on it? I mean, I don't care about the – was it in the fourth and sixth round or something like that? I don't care. Take a kicker there. I'm fine with that. You don't have to keep bringing Nick Folk back. Uh I mean, that's just sort of an answer. That's just not where I begin with the second guessing. How about you're dying for offensive skill position players? And last year you drafted a guard in round one, and he might not even be good. And then the next year you went defense, defense, defense. I mean, that's where I would start. Before absolutely. I yeah, absolutely. Now, again, look, if you want me to nitpick, I wouldn't take a kicker in the fourth round. Yeah, it's probably high. Okay, I wouldn't do it. I would take him a little bit later. I'd sign him as undrafted free agent, depending. I mean, I don't know. What was the hype on this kid, Greg? Was it really high? Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. now I do hold him accountable. for. I don't hold him accountable for the 57-yard miss. That thing had zero chance. It was a horrendous kick, but the whole thing was effed up, and it was a bomb. But the other one, the, the snap's not always going to be perfect. And I know he's a rookie. Make the freaking kick. Inside of 50, you got to make it. I don't give a rat's ass where the snap was, and I'm not uh, uh, making Cardone exempt from the b- blame. All right. But make the kick. Let me see him miss some more makeable ones, and then I'll really dig in on that. John in Connecticut, go. Hey, Mike. No, I disagree with people saying this team is all that bad. I mean, if they did spend the money rather than, you know, Bob's whatever, his lighthouse and things, I mean, a good lineman, an explosive wide receiver, kept Myers like you say, I think this team would give that team would give a lot of teams a lot of trouble. If they had uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Jacoby Myers, what would their offense look like? It would be much better. They might be three now. I mean, not that I think that DeAndre Hopkins is, uh, you know, any sort of dominating receiver, but you know he he warrants he, attention. He warrants attention, and he you know you just he's the ty- he is definitely the type of receiver that if you just put it on him. Nine times out of ten, he will catch the ball. Yeah, there were you know there have been two or three deep boundary balls to Kendrick Bourne that he couldn't come up with, that were catchable, tough but catchable, just sort of DeAndre Hopkins' specialty, frankly, and Devontae Parker the interception against Miami. I mean, the, again, bo- the and booty, booty plays and the booty play. Yes, I mean there you go. Like there's you know there's been a handful of plays, boundary plays specifically. That's DeAndre Hopkins' specialty, right? You know he doesn't he doesn't really get open, but he will you know catch the contested ball on the boundary. You've had several of those so far this year. So I'm not the biggest Andrew Hopkins guy either. He would have made a difference. Uh, how about Rich in the car? Go, Rich. Hey, Greg. Uh, before the break, you had mentioned something about uh, the players not sticking up for Mac Jones in that situation, and you know you had said that Devontae Parker should have come in and, and cleaned his clock. Well, you know you're in the fourth quarter of a one-score game. It's fourth and one. 
potentially going for it. He gets a penalty there, and now it's fourth and 15. You guys would have railed against him and not made any comments about him having uh, Mac Jones back. You would have killed him not for true. causing that penalty that forced him to punt in a one-score game in the fourth quarter. They punted anyways, but it, I definitely would not have said anything against that. Like, you... There's just a code. You can't get, let your quarterback get taken down like that. And the ref said let, they let two shots on Mac Jones go. They're not going to – I mean, there's a way to do it without – as long as you don't come in and headhunt on the guy. I mean, you come in and just shove the guy off. The refs understand. They weren't calling anything in that circumstance anyway. Yeah, there were a couple but you of, can't right. let you can't let your quarterback be taken down like that. Period. End of discussion. This is freaking football. It wouldn't happen in hockey. It doesn't happen in football. Ask any offensive lineman. Ask anybody who's played football. It cannot stand. It can't. We have an update with Big Jim. 90 seconds, no commercials. 25 times your money this football season. Test your skills on prize picks. The most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players. Pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100. And use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. B-Pod Studios. The Felger Mass Podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Are you ready for this? Do, 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 do. It's Felger and Matt. Oh, that's stupid, my uh, God. Oh. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Kind of along the same lines as we've been talking about, there was those two throws to Juju where it looked like Mac was going back shoulder and Juju wasn't reading it that way. How do you get them to see it the same way? Or is it on Juju to see it the way Mac sees it? No, you're seeing that. The, I do believe you're seeing that the right way. I mean, in those instances, uh, we work hard on those throws uh, during practice. It's it's sometimes early in the season. It's really hard to simulate that and in practice, and, and it comes from a lot of repetition. It's not any excuse at all. We need to we need to do a better job of um, practicing those, uh, making sure that we hit those in practice, and then you know getting them getting it done in the, in the game. And you know we didn't we were close, but close isn't good enough. We got to start connecting on those type of plays. There's other plays like that that, you know, I think we're close on. But like I said, and you know this, Mike, you've been around a long time, and close isn't good enough. And we we need to start, you know, connecting on some of those plays. You're right. Ah, Bill O'Brien gets it. I see why the media likes him. Concedes the point. Says you know what you're talking about. You've been around a long time, Mike. Little ass. Tell us how brilliant we are. Yeah, a little little butter on the undercarriage of Mike Giardi there. Uh, it's all right. He's a smart a little, man. A little cup check. Well, no, it's just, it's amazing what happens when you treat people like human beings. You tend to get treated like a human being coming back. It's just, it's mm-hmm. really not that difficult. That was salted butter, too. That was that was a good <laughs> kiss up. But let me tell you something. <laughs> I hate those plays. I don't care how dialed in you are. 
I had the over-the-shoulder back shoulder throw on third and six, third and four, whatever those were. Like, uh, can you just get a guy facing the quarterback square up? You had put it between the eight and the four, the eight and the eight, or the seven, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but you know what the problem is. Like an easier throw. Like, I just, the, I don't care how dialed in you are and how good you are. Those back shoulder plays when you got to have it. I hate, Greg. I hate. I know, but, you know, the problem is the Patriots don't have any of those guys that can get open and, and man coverage. That's a man coverage situation. The second time they tried their normal, and, and credit to the Jets, they were prepared, they tried their normal rub route stuff. That's what you do against man-to-man to get, to get uncovered when you can't just beat your guy off the line. So they don't have any guys that can do that, so you have to create separation some other way. That was the play the Jets switched on, yep. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, Credit it, to them for it, being ready for it. It was the second of the two, no yeah, chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the top balls to Julius. Totally right. I, I was just going to say what Craig said, that they don't have anybody that can beat anyone, Mark. They don't. And, again, I come back to, and you're not wrong about the percentage value of the throw. This is the passing attack they built. And it also bugs the crap out of me that Juju's not with the program. So what, you sign the contract and that's it? Now you cash the checks? You don't have to work the timing with the quarterback? And he wasn't around a lot, it felt like, during the offseason. Didn't he skip out and go to, what was that? Didn't he go to some sports media camp with kids? Remember he did something with it? I I know he was talking about a six-hour flight to Japan. He did, like, computer programming. Yes, he went to, like, some, like, computer camp with kids. Oh. Instead of working with the quarterback. <laughs> Don't give your time to the kids. We have football games to win. Okay, yeah. but you can do both. Screw the children. <laughs> you can do both. It felt to me like he didn't put the time in. So uh, it feels well, that's, really- Mike, this, this is where you miss a guy like Welker or Edelman, a guy sure. on third down that just runs that little you know, pivot move to get outside. And they got to find the guy on this team that's going to run that. They need somebody that's going to run it. And let alone you don't have a James White or anything freaking close to James White to throw to that, you know, who knows how many Super Bowls they, w- they would have lost if they didn't have a guy like James White. They're just throwing running backs out there. But they need to figure it out. Maybe it's Kendrick Bourne, and maybe Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne need to work on it on the practice field that he's the guy. Or it's Demario Douglas. But Juju's not running away from anybody. Parker can't run that route. It's not going to be Gasecki. So they got to figure out who that guy is going to be. All right, let's get some calls for Greg before we hit the 10 uh, questions. Mike in Connecticut, yes. Hey, Greg, don't know if you touched on it yet, but the low snap count for uh, Keon White and Marte Mapu, I didn't know what's up with that. I wonder if it's the Mapu ones related to him getting fined the game before, but what's your thoughts on those guys not playing too much? Yeah, I don't think it was uh, related to that. I, I think it you know, it just relates to this is, this is what Bill does, and this is what I brought up when they drafted these guys early, that – Okay, they could be good players, and I think both of them are going to be really good players, if not excellent players. But when are they going to play? As opposed to, you know, what if you got, you know, one of the top tight ends or an offensive tackle? Like, what's the trade off there? And Bill went with, you know, depth at defensive line and safety, where, you know, they they have, well, Keon White's more of an edge now, but they have depth at both of those spots. But I do think that Keon White, uh, you know, with how impactful he's getting. And maybe this Daniel Ekwale injury <clears throat> opens things up where maybe maybe Wise takes more of the Ekwale sub-package role and that opens up more snaps for Keon White uh, earlier, which I would be a proponent of and I think it would make them better. Mapu, I mean, look, Adrian Phillips is playing like six snaps a game. 
You know, and so Mapu's not getting on the field. I think he'll be more of a matchup guy at linebacker against, you know, good running backs in the past game. Tight ends, they like him big against those guys. Uh, You know, he played a role against Goddard in the first game. The Dolphins don't really have a dynamic tight end. The Jets have nothing at tight end. Do they need him in this game? No. No. So why are we lamenting whether Marte Mapu played in this game or not? Let's not discourage anyone from nitpicking. Yes. Like, it's the backbone of the show. Okay, but again, I would say, like, that's the one we're going to pick on. Fine. I need more Mapu. Oh, you're right. I dumped on the kicker call. We'll take all your nitpicks. 617 <laughs> Don't listen to Mass or me. 617 Ryan in the North End. Go ahead, Ryan. Yo, where's Mapu? Hey, so first off, Juju Smith-Schuster blows. All right, he had one pretty decent season with Pittsburgh three years ago now, I think. And, and since then, he's been too worried about TikTok and dancing. And, and now that he's got the bag, football is his side gigs. That's just first and foremost. Second, with, with Belichick and, and with the Patriots offense, are we ever going to see any semblance of a real NFL offense? Because the other day when they were playing the Jets and they just ran the ball three times, ran it, ran it, throw it on third down just to punt the ball back and try and win on defense, it seems to me like Bill still thinks, even after all these years post-Brady, that the Patriots can win like that just on defense and keeping a team to, you know, what, 15, 20 points. That's not how you win in the NFL nowadays. I agree. And he gets off on it. Loved it. Love that kind of game. This is yesterday. the whole litmus test on Loved Bill it. that we've been talking about. That, you know, Kent, Bill hasn't changed. He's, he, his vision of a team is the same as it was back in Cleveland. And it obviously served him well for many, many years. Can it still serve him well in today's NFL? No. Uh, all of us, almost everybody other than the Bill Bobos say no. You know, like Danny and Quincy. The big liar. I heard him call in about uh, Christian Gonzalez last week. When, uh, hey, dummy, I had him in my three up last week, so shut up. But uh, everybody else thinks no. But, you know, look, like we said, Bill's got this season to prove it. That he just gets by on offense, you know, bolsters his defense and special teams. He thinks it's great. He thinks it's going to lead to, you know, Super Bowls and things like that. Everybody else says no. We shall see. Let's grab Bob in Worcester. Go ahead, Bobby. Yeah, hey, Greg, listen, I'm wondering if uh, the, the Pats would be interested in uh, making a move on, like, a Hunter Renfro. You guys say they're looking for an Edelman type of guy. He's not playing a lot in uh, in Vegas. And McDaniel, you know, might be interested in moving him. Okay, Hunter Renfro. So I watched him all of last season, the Raiders film. I only saw the first game so far this year. I think he's terrible. I think he's got nothing. I think that he's just um, – you know, basically serving out his contract while he's there. He's depth in case they need him, you know, if Myers is out. But, you know, Myers is better than him. I don't think he's anything. Okay. Hi. Base salary, six and a half. Was, That's going to have to change. Gonna say if he makes more than minimum wage. Grumpy Greg Bedard. <laughs> here, let's let uh, uh, Joe Murray set up the next call. Why don't you hit that? Let's go to the phones here. Danny and Quincy. Hey, Danny. Hey, Joe. You know, the guy you had on earlier, the, uh, what's his name, Lazar? Evan Lazar, Patriots.com, yeah. yep. He, he was excellent, okay? Mm-hmm. He, I, I want you to call up Grumpy Greg Bedard and put him up against that guy and let them go at it. That's, Bedard is a miserable SOB. He makes uh, Tony Maz and, and Felger look like everything, the, the everything is awesome twins. Dang, <laughs> the everything is awesome twins. That's it. Yep, that's how I feel. Bedard is a miserable SOB. He mm-hmm. makes uh, Tony Maz and, and Felger look like everything, the, the everything is awesome twins. I- 
Yeah. <laughs> T-shirts coming to the uh, 95 The Sports Hub store soon. Oh, I like the idea. How come, how it's, come Danny we, doesn't call in anymore? We're going to model it after the... the last time I smacked him down. The T-shirts, the Everything is Awesome duo, we're going to not model it off of the uh, Ambiguously Gay duo from SNL. With the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except that'll be me and Maz. I think we should be Lego characters. Here's uh, Alex and Gloucester. Go ahead, Alex. Brian and Bill Ricca is an absolute boob. How dare he talk about Bedard that way? Bedard gives the best breakdowns of the film of any writers in Boston. I listen to this show religiously. He can go pound sand. Danny can go pound sand. Long live Bedard. There you go. I love Alex. There it is. The check is in the mail. Oh, yeah, because Danny from Quincy is a ray of sunshine every time we have him yeah. on the show. Ten questions coming your way right after this. It's Raymond and Austin. We're back on All-Star Sports Radio, celebrating their 30th year. Our sportsbook and casino sponsor, BetUS.com, is offering a 125% sign-up bonus plus up to 30 risk-free bets. It's called Bet Protect, the perfect offer for crazy plays, like the famous butt fumble. It's the goat of embarrassing plays. <laughs> really, remember when you bet me you could do a live show with a goat as your co-host and he face-kicked you? Thankfully, I didn't take the under on that one. Anyway, folks, get Bet Protect today. The industry's Biggest 125% sign-up bonus plus up to 30 risk-free bets. BetUS.com, where the game begins. Now, more of Felger and Birds on the Sports Hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5, the Sports Hub. All right, 10 Questions, 10 minutes. We have to stay on time, so we have buzzer options. Jimmy, what do we got this week? Let Zeke cook. Oh, let him cook. Wee! I know Zeke. Zeke, it's Zeke. He actually had a good game, obviously. Go ahead. Do you know you just suck and 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 lose and lose and lose and lose? That's the league going after quarterbacks at the draft. Yep. Oh, I have a great hypothetical. <laughs> Maz had a eureka moment. Yes. Yep, I don't remember Brady squeezing anybody's grapes. <laughs> but then again, you know, you're not with him all the time. Go ahead. Last one. Go to hell. Okay. That's for you, Danny. Hit it. Go to hell. Number 10. Thoughts on Josh McDaniels kicking a field goal late Sunday versus the Steelers instead of going for it on fourth and four. I understand the thinking. I don't disagree with it, especially when considering the penalty on the first two-point try. Even if they scored, they would have had to go, basically run three two-point plays. And I don't like the percentages of having to score eight and eight. I don't think it's the percentages are very good. But his defense is not good enough to think that they're going to hold up against anybody in crunch time. So I disagree with it. That's my, that's my gripe. It's not like you have the 85 Bears on your side of the field. Dude, you get down there, chance to tie the game, two minutes to go, go for the touchdown. That decision proved that Josh McDaniels is Zach Wilson with a visor and a headset. He's a world-class moron, and it is further proof that he is the greatest example of someone who got propped up by Tom Brady. He was a failure in Denver. He was a failure in St. Louis. He's been a failure post-Brady. He's a failure in Vegas. It's the dumbest thing possible. Your defense blows. You knew you weren't getting the ball back. Go for it, you baby. Oh, I couldn't believe that decision. Uh, So uh, there's something related to that. We'll get to it in a a subsequent question, but next. I don't remember Brady squeezing anybody's grapes. Speaking of which, (laughs) is my priapism over Jordan Love and the Packers' new era justified? No, it's three games into the season. Settle down, buddy. Have you watched any of it? Not really. 
Yes? Uh, no, it's not justified, but I get it. Because you, what you're really happy about is the fact that they got rid of Rodgers. Yeah, that's Rodgers. And gone. they've turned the page, and they're actually functioning like a you know a capable team. What are they, 2-1 and one now? It helps to like, or at least not hate, the players on your team. <laughs> right, exactly. That's it what helps. I mean. I mean, I, I still rooted for the Packers when Rodgers was there. But it's so much better not hating your quarterback. Exactly. That's what I mean. You're happy Rodgers is gone, but I'm just telling you, love is but not, it's, it's not convincing enough yet. I'll tell you, sure, why the hell not? They were dead in the water in that game the other day at home against the Saints until Derek Carr got hurt, and it looks like your quarterback, love, is playing confidently. Your division blows outside of the Lions. Sure, feel good about it. It's just the future, the potential. It's wonderful to see uh, how they've developed him. And he's got a ways to go, man. He is still raw. He, he uncorks some throws where you're like, dude, Nuke Lelouch, like keep it, in, it back. keep it in your pants, man. I mean he 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 will overthrow you like you read about, and he is still rough around the edges. There's no doubt about it. But you can tell how much work he's put into the game and how much work they've put into him. It's it's really. I'm sorry. It's a pleasure to watch. It's nice to like the players on your team. It does make a difference. Trust me. Next, let Zeke cook. Oh, let him cook. We. Zeke, Zeke, it's Zeke. We forgot that. Okay, in that Packers game, another analytics question. Green Bay was down 14. They scored the first touchdown, and they went for two on that first touchdown. It ended up working. How do you feel about that strategy? This was a late add to the 10 questions. I I threw it in at, at after 1 o'clock. I guess you guys didn't check the email. I'm gonna oh. st- I didn't see the game. Okay, I'm but gonna... it's That's a question again. Okay, but you've seen it now. These yeah. teams do it when they're down 14. And they score a touchdown to cut it to, you know, a two-touchdown game. They go for two that first touchdown. You, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I'm I think it's all, yeah. it's all about momentum. And at that point in the game, when they were behind that much, and they're just looking for some kind of momentum, you're kind of in effort mode. I have no problem with it. How do you feel about that strategy? I hate it. I hate it. Hate it. Kick the F an extra point. What are you going to be cute for? Two extra points ties the game. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. And it's analytic-driven, Murray. It's not momentum-driven. The analytics tell you... To, when you're down 14, you go for two on that first touchdown. And I started to read up on it a little bit because they've done studies on it. And it's based purely on the numbers. The the odds are you're not going 0 for 2 on two-point conversions. Th- those are the odds. Right, you go now, 50%. Yes, so if, it's, if, it's, if you're down 7, you kick it because it, that's a pure 50-50. But they run the numbers on two-point conversions, and it's over 50%. So if you go for it both times, you're going to get your 14 points if you fail the first time. If you hit it the first time, <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. So, oh, so basically, see, McDaniel's it... was right to to. Well, right. Analytically, he was right. Yeah. Analytically, he was right. Uh, Matt Lafleur analytically was right. Oh, see, I thought this was about balls. Now that I know, no, it's, it's about not. The nerds. It's no, about I'm the out. numbers. Yeah. Look, look it up. They've run the studies, and this is why they all do it now, or a lot of coaches do it because the numbers show you. And tell you you should do it without taking anything into account. Huh. The quality of your defense, yep, yep. how your offense is playing, who's on the field, who's off the field, anything. It's just a pure percentage of two-point conversions that are converted. Oh, the hell with that, though. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It worked, and it's going to embolden more coaches to do it. Just kick. Next. Oh, <laughs> I have a great hypothetical. Uh, Dolphins, Bills, this weekend going forward, who do you got? I like the Bills this week. We know Jalen Ramsey, but I like the Dolphins overall against the Bills. Dolphins. 
Do you like the Dolphins winning the division, you two? Yes. yes. I do, yeah. Really? I yeah. like that before the season. Pick. Yeah. yeah, I think they're rolling. And again, I know, you know, I can, I can speculate on Jalen Ramsey. I think that uh, Miami is just, I think they are the thing in the league this year. Yeah, they're fast, they're fun. And against all odds, I just feel like two is probably going to stay healthy this whole season. So. Next. You know, you just suck and 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 lose and lose and lose and lose. And then you draft a quarterback who can't play. Uh, six. Who should Justin Fields, speaking of which, is <laughs> good timing. Who should Justin Fields play for next season? Who should Zach Wilson play for next season? Receiver for the Patriots. That's Justin Fields. What should Zach Wilson be? He should retire. It's over. Uh, King Phillip High School and Medfield High. <laughs> Fields should be the Eagles backup, be Jalen Hurts backup, and Wilson should play for the Hamilton Tiger Cats or the Montreal Alouettes somewhere in the CFL. I was going to say Birmingham Stallions yeah. of the USFL. Where mean, Zach uh, Wilson should unpopular play. Unpopular opinion. I still think if Zach Wilson went someplace with a good coach and good quarterback and sat for three years like Boo. Aaron Rodgers Boo. or Jordan Love, I think he would have had a chance. Too stupid. Okay, no, no. If he had sat for three years, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like that, that was the only path. Yeah, that's his only chance. No yep. shot. That's one of those guys that has to sit for two or three years, and that's still no guarantee. The but that's talent the talent is so good. It's the it's only so, such a bummer. Only shot that he has is, is that if he had sat. But You're Justin a, Fields. Good, sorry. No, go. No, you're assuming he has the capacity to learn. No, he might not. Right. But he had no chance playing right out of the shoot. Justin Fields backing up Jalen Hurts is a good one. That's a good one. All right, next. I don't remember Brady squeezing anybody's grapes. Okay, tool bag question. Uh, do you or did you ever, as a kid, like the Dallas Cowboys? Or are they just a bunch of tool bags? I never liked them. Bunch of tool bags throughout history. I did like them because I hated the Steelers. And so when they had that rivalry in the late 70s, you had to pick one, especially if you lived here because your team wasn't any good. So you had to pick one of them. I had to pick Dallas. I went with Dallas back then. I loved them. I mean, I got into football watching in the early 90s when they were the most dominant team, and I hated them for the reason that people ended up hating the Patriots. They were always there. They always won. I hated them then. I hate them now. I hated that 90s Cowboys team. So not me. Talented, fun. Yeah. I like <laughs> none the of Danny those. White I like none teams of those a little bit. Yeah, Danny me too. White, Tony Dorsett. Yes. Yeah. People forget. That 81 team that Montana beat, they, like the, it's a hidden thing. People think that game ended on the Dwight Clark catch. Danny White had him pass midfield. They needed one more completion for a field goal attempt to win that game. And I think he got strip-sacked or there was a fumble. Like it was either strip-sacked or one of his guys fumbled. But White, all, like that whole play, that whole thing, almost never was. No, no one remembers it. Danny White was a loser. Next. <laughs> Go to hell. Would you want Jerry Jones as an owner of your football team? Nope. I don't want an owner anywhere near football decisions, and he's right up in it. No. No, and I'll tell you, you've made this point before, and I think it completely gets overlooked. We look at Jerry Jones, and we think, well, he's like the Steinbrenner of the NFL, like that sort of guy. He's always involved. They don't spend. They don't spend. They've let some talented players leave there. Look at the receiving core now. It's C.D. Lamb. That's it. It's really one guy. One of the biggest frauds out there and one of the biggest misconceptions. Like People think like, you know, uh, Jerry Jones, Daniel Snyder, big spending idiots. The Cowboys are cheap. I'm, I'm in this for entertainment. So, yes, for sheer entertainment's sake, 100% absolutely I would want Jerry Jones as my owner. Jim's impersonation that, solely. That, that Taylor Swift, she's as hot as a pistol. <laughs> I'll invite her up to my personal suite, and then she can shake it off. <laughs> Next. Let Zeke cook. Oh, let him cook. Wee! I know Zeke. Zeke, it's Zeke. Uh, if you could play for any one NFL team. Missed one. 
What is your favorite? Thank you. Who is your favorite and least favorite cowboy of all time? Tony Dorsett and Terrell Owens is my answer on any team he's ever been on. So I also had Tony Dorsett, but I knew someone was going to pick him. So I went with Harvey Martin. Do you remember Ooh, him? Sure, of course. Defensive end. He like led the league in sacks, and he had these big years. Yeah, I think he was opposite Two Tall Jones yes, and definitely. Randy White. They had a great defensive line. I loved Harvey Martin because he was a nice man. Least favorite cowboy of all time. Oh, sorry, Hollywood Henderson. That freaking snap on. <laughs> I couldn't stand that guy. That complete effing tool bag. What a loser he was. Favorite Darren Woodson, because I always wanted him to be a Patriot in the early 2000s. And there was no shortage of ones I hated. But I go with Jay Novacek, because he was so good. Every time, third and something. It was always to Novacek. Novacek always picked it up, and it made me crazy. Roger the Dodger Staubach was my favorite. And anyone for that 90s Cowboys team, you can pick it. My least favorite. Next. Oh, <laughs> I have a great hypothetical. Okay, now, if you could play for one NFL team. Which which would it be? What what uniform and helmet do you want to wear the most as a fan? The Raiders, and that they're in Vegas and their whole facility, everything out there. So I viewed this as two separate questions. I, the Niners are who I want. You know, it's sort of like as a kid, you're a little boy. If you dressed up as Halloween as a player, or you wanted to wear a uniform, you know, like it's, Niners. It's that kind of question. Niners. Joe Montana, the Niners. He still dresses up in his 49ers uniform for Jimmy but Garoppolo. It was a Garoppolo like jersey, but I kept the helmet. I got rid of the jersey. <laughs> so the Niners. I loved the Niners. Again, the Patriots sucked. Montana came along. The Niners became the thing in the league, and I loved Montana. So I would say that the uniform, I would wear that Ravens purple uniform. Oh, I oh. love that purple and black. I think it's awesome. I'm with Greg Raiders. Best-looking uniform home and away, and they're always going to be synonymous with dirtbaggery, and I'm kind of a dirtbag, so it fits. This is true. Don't need to ask me what I'm wearing next. I don't remember Brady squeezing anybody's grapes. Uh, last one, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. That whole thing, Taylor Swift in the NFL, is that cool or annoying? Completely annoying. Give me more. <laughs> well, mostly it's it, it's the whole uh, social media football thing. Like all these media, every single media outlet runs it because Taylor Swift means engagement and clicks. So, like, they just go over the top and blow it completely out of proportion where it's all over your social media feeds. You can't get away from it. So, I'm sick of it. Well, get off the effing internet. Would be my. I kind of have to no, for you my don't. job. No, you don't. Yes. Uh, you don't. Annoying. I can't believe she has lowered herself to date that freaking moron. She run out of guys? Moron. What's wrong with him? He's a He's dope. A He's a complete dope. I don't know if cool is the word, but I'm not bothered by it like these two. Uh, she's the most buzzworthy human being on planet Earth. She moves the needle. She's good for business. And when you have a game as horrible as Chiefs Bears, the only entertainment you're going to get is crowd shots of Taylor Swift being there having a time. I have what? no problem with it. It's fun. What's wrong with Travis Kelsey? He's a moron. He's a tool. He's he told you. Good looking, rich, famous. Did you see him do the Tatum show? She needs his money. What's that? She needs his money? Never been in trouble. I'm just saying, you guys are losers. Compared to her, he's poor. Did you see his dating show that he did? No. Well, go watch that. He's just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a good catch. I think she's a, the the number one catch on the planet. And yeah, she's been with all she these. Is. She's been with all these wispy Euro mu musicians exactly. and stuff. It's time for her to be with a meathead. That's gonna lay some pipe and have it like it's. it's she's been with all these like. It, it's time for her to get thrown around by a real man. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do, do you want to go to a fashion show, Taylor? Like she's had it with that crap. Right. She wants a big, you know, a stud. Right. No problem with it. Go get yourself a yeah. big stud.
Absolutely. Go find a lineman for crying out loud. I know a bunch. This is of, better. I know a bunch of good-looking morons she could have dated. <laughs> right. Back to your calls after this, after the headlines. It's Raymond and Austin. We're back on All Star Sports Radio, celebrating their thirtieth year. Our sportsbook and casino sponsor, BetUS.com, is going big. That's right, Austin. Sports bettors can win a new truck, get the industry's biggest one hundred twenty-five percent sign-up bonus, and even get up to thirty risk-free bets. Touchdown! BetUS also has a one hundred and fifty percent casino sign-up bonus. Blackjack. Now you're talking, Austin. They also have live dealers and live betting on sports, including racetrack. Get started today at BetUS.com, where the game begins. Now, bring it back, bring it back. Now more Felger and Maz on the Sports Hub. The Jets need to go get a QB. Yeah, of course. Listen, it's not tenable, but with Zach Wilson, but because they didn't acknowledge that right when Aaron got hurt, by the time they get the new quarterback and by the time the new quarterback plays, the season will already be over. They've blown this. And yesterday was a good example as to why Jet fans need to let go of this idea that, oh, we did everything right. How could we have anticipated that our quarterback was going to get hurt? This Dwayne Brown is still on the IR, even if Aaron Rodgers' Achilles is not snapped. You're... You, you made all of your offseason decisions based around who Aaron Rodgers is friends with. Who should your offensive coordinator be? Aaron Rodgers' buddy. Who should your wide receivers be? Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, even though you have Elijah Moore. You signed McCall Hardman. He can't get on the field. Right now, the reason poor Robert Sala has to be has to say Zach Wilson's our best quarterback is because their other quarterback is Tim Boyle, whose qualification is Aaron Rodgers' buddy. The Jets had the quarterback that they built their entire offseason around get hurt. And they change nothing. And they're like, well, we thought Zach would be good. The idea of Zach Wilson being good is like if you have an exam in the morning and you sleep with the textbook under your pillow. Like, I'm going to learn from this. No, you're not. Zach's going to be good because he's in proximity of Aaron Rodgers. No. That was Nick Wright. Um, who's right? <laughs> like... Uh, and I just, I, that's a way to get into just your follow up thoughts on Zach Wilson and the Jets, Greg. And it's, a, it's such a point that we didn't hit on yesterday and we should have. You know, you, you watch that Jets offense, you know, Randall Cobb and Lazard. I mean, Randall Cobb was cashed three years ago. Right, exactly. And only went back to Green Bay last year because Rodgers forced them into doing it. And Alan Lazard is just, he's a fifth guy, he's nothing. And he's only there because of Aaron Rodgers. I forgot about the Boyle thing. Or Doyle. Who is that? Tim, Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle is Aaron Rodgers' boy. That nitwit offensive coordinator is Aaron Rodgers' boy. Nathaniel Hackett doesn't have a coordinator job in the league unless Aaron Rodgers dictates it. So Aaron Rodgers gets hurt four plays in, and now the Jets are sitting there with their Schmenzer in their hand, all these effing useless ex-packers that are here just because Rodgers made him bring them in. And now what do we do? Like it was, It's just a good point. But either way, Greg, your thoughts on Zach Wilson and the Jets? Uh, he and they are awful. Uh, their offensive line is in shambles. Um, we knew this was – Dwayne Brown was going to be an issue going into the season. They flipped Becton over to left tackle. He was awful. Like the first – that Keon White hit uh, on a third down, Becton just jumped outside for no reason, and Keon White had like a clear path uh, to Zach Wilson. Um at BSG, I went through the I went through the film and, and broke down. There were so many plays. Like, you know, when Zach Wilson got sacked by Judon for seven yards, it shouldn't have been a sack. It should have been a first down. He had a he had a tight end right there in the flat with plenty of space to run. He doesn't even see him. There was a play later in the game, I think when he took another sack, where 
Alan Lazard is wide open. He's staring at him, and he doesn't throw the ball. But th- this is a poorly constructed offense. I mean, it's you know, you look at it. I know uh, what's his name? Sala doesn't have personnel control. It's Joe Douglas in New York. But you know, they're somewhat similar to the Patriots in a lot of ways. That like you know, beef up the defense. Uh, but the offense is, we'll throw it together on the offensive line. I mean, at least they have Garrett Wilson. But, I mean, Alan Lazard is not good. He's like Devontae Parker. Uh, Randall Cobb is like Juju Smith-Schuster. Worse. These guys are, are more cash. But go yeah, ahead. Even the, even, but uh, the Patriots have – Hunter Henry's a good tight end. The dude that they were throwing to, what's his name at tight end? Not Conklin. Conklin. He's awful. Like, what do they think they're going to do? All you have to do is take Garrett Wilson away. Because, yes, you have two decent running backs, but they both look cash. You have no offensive line that can't block. That's why you can't see Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott. These teams are similar. No wonder they're so close on Sunday. They sold out for Rodgers. They just don't have a moron for a quarterback. No, it's a good point. They sold out for Rodgers to the nth degree, and then he went down and they're left with nothing. And so the offensive line is a problem. I, I just think that, you know, you know what my opinion is on Zach Wilson. I'm not sure there's anything you can do to really help him, although they could tailor the offense to him a little bit more. We talked about this yesterday. Run. Roll him out. Run him. Roll him out. Get him moving. And if there's nothing open on that side, tuck it away and go. Treat him like one of these no-chance college quarterbacks and just run him. Run him, run him, run him. But that's not our problem anymore. Won't see that until week 17, and then who the hell knows where we'll, we'll all be. I promise. You're all lined up. Your call's in our long commercial-free second. Michael Felger is the man. I'm the freaking man. That only stay thinks so. Why wouldn't you want me? Why shouldn't you want me? The audience, eh, not so much. You know how ridiculous you sound. It's the man and man. You tools don't know what you're talking about. 98.5 The Sports Hub. I, I don't. Feel, I'm. I'm probably right neutral. I, I don't feel any. You know, better or any worse. It's pretty much the same way I felt about him before. Before this game, there there was nothing we learned in this game really from from the defense. A lot of people want to pump up the defense. I'd say pump the brakes on that a little bit. I, I mean, there's a lot of things I think you can kind of pick apart with the defense, but uh, the offense was. Look, it was it was inconsistent. I did like the first half of the offense. I thought the first half offense. I thought they were under center a lot. I mean, that 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 uh, touchdown pass to to Farrell Brown was a play action under. center. They went under center more and had more big plays under center than they have all season long. So I like that. Um, but it, the, the, in the second half, I mean, it was six straight punts, Chris. So yeah. the offense was, you know, it started off hot and then it cooled off big time. And the defense, if it wants to flex against their, you know, stopping the run against the Jets when they have a quarterback they can't throw, go ahead and flex. I just wasn't that impressed with the defensive effort. So all in all, Mike, I just I didn't get a lot uh, really much from this uh, this game and, and learn much about the Patriots. Ted Johnson on with us on uh, Sports Sunday. Play the other one, Jimmy, on the defense. How'd Ted feel about the defense? I've always said this is a – I think it's a good defense. I think yeah. it's a top-10 defense. But I, I got to see them beat – okay, yeah, they held they had Tyree, Tyree Kill to, you know, 40 yards and one touchdown last week. But Miami controlled the, 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 the game the whole time mm-hmm. because they ran and had a balanced attack. The Patriots didn't, uh, defense didn't do anything to, to disrupt that. The Jets quarterback today is terrible. It is the worst – I thought I thought J.P. Lossman is the worst quarterback I've ever seen. No, no, it's Zach – it's, 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 it's this guy, Zach Wilson. He's terrible. They have a terrible offensive line. They have so much predictability in what they're going to do on offense that it's easy for the Patriots defense to tee off. So, and you know what? Also, when the game's on the line in the middle of the fourth quarter and you let Zach Wilson go 87 yards on 13 plays, 
And like, and, and you, yeah. you had Tony Romo saying that's the best I've ever seen Zach Wilson play. So in crunch time, they give up a critical touchdown at the end of the game. So we can sit here and say how great it is, but at critical times, I thought in the in the last first two games, two where the defense let him down. I thought they let him down again, and with that drive, letting the Jets back in the game. Okay, your thoughts on the Patriots' defense specifically while coming out of that game? Could you tell anything about the defense? Uh, no, not really. Um, you know, I think they're really good. I think Christian Gonzalez is, um, you know, excellent. I mean, I don't think he was perfect in this game. And I think, you know, if Aaron Rodgers uh, is playing, I think there were some things uh, where they could get him a little bit. He's a little weak in his cover two coverage. I'm not that concerned about that. His man coverage is for real. I mean, it really is. Um, he He's excellent at that. To me, I mean, I certainly haven't seen anybody uh, since Gilmore like him. Um, he makes J.C. Jackson and Malcolm Butler look like butchers. <laughs> I mean, you, that's how smooth. I mean, I only think it's like Revis, Gilmore, and Gonzalez already. I mean, he's he's that good. I, do I want to see more? Yeah. And is he perfect? No. But he he's damn good. Well, you know, we'll see how that, that shakes out. Um, the defense, look, you know, they knew blood was in the water. I mean, Steve, Steve Belichick called like 34% blitzes. He doesn't do that unless he knows they're not going to get beaten. Right. I mean, against the the Eagles and the Dolphins, God forbid, they even try to pressure a quarterback or do anything exotic because, you know, they could get toasted. He knew Zach, Zach Wilson wasn't going to beat them. He knew they only had one weapon. You know, e- you know, easy for those guys to play with their ears pinned back in the front. And, and look, they did a good job. They they have executed at a really high level. I expect that of a team of a defense that's been together for multiple years that keeps adding key pieces to the defense. You know, beyond that, we, we shall see. Can I clarify something? Because uh, you're going to get marked for it, probably by me. Uh huh. <laughs> the. Uh, when you say Revis in the same breath as Christian Gonzalez, you're talking about the way he moves. I'm just talking about Patriots cornerbacks, like in recent times. He's talking about the quality of the player, man. Okay, so we're comparing him to Revis already. I didn't. D- did I do that? Well, yeah, you kind of. No, did. I compared him to J.C. Jackson and Malcolm Butler. No, you said he made those guys look like plumbers or something, butchers. butchers. Yeah, but then you, you said, and I said, in t- Gilmore, Revis, Gonzalez, Revis, Gilmore. And then Gonzalez. Okay, so levels. I yes, got it. levels. So One, two, three. Yeah. These are my cornerback tiers. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure I'm hitting with that right. He is smooth. I'll give you that. To mention the same breath as Revis already, to me, is like, okay, let's slow down. Revis. But I'm just talking about Revis in his one year here. It was like one of his last years. I mean, he was a mercenary. Okay. Like, let's not, you know, put him in Canton for right, his freaking one season with the Patriots. I understand, Greg. I was talking about, when you said Revis, I'm thinking Revis the Jet. Revis the, uh, no. the Hall of Famer. I'm talking about Revis Patriots here. cornerbacks. Patriots In terms Revis. of playing their play with the New England Patriots. Okay. Your thoughts, Patriots, Cowboys. <laughs> I don't have Before a lot. Maz I, kips, kips I haven't taken. I haven't seen the Cowboys at all. Um, I know okay. that from what best. I know. Do yes. your best, Greg. I'm just letting the people know okay. that I haven't really studied them right. yet. And neither have we. But so just do your best. So from what I understand, I think the Cardinals exposed a lot of things. Uh, I think they ran for over 200 yards. Um, you know, and, and I think that uh, that was bad news. I mean, it woke up the Cowboys. You you want to face a Mike McCarthy. Cowboys team that is fat and happy and thinks its stuff doesn't stink because those guys are ripe for an upset. Uh, I think that the the Cardinals, from what I understand, 
like exposed a lot of things. So now the Cowboys are going to go back and look at the film, and they're going to say, well, we need to do this. We need to avoid this. Probably the Patriots were looking at it and be like, oh, that's what we were going to do. Exactly. And- so listen, uh, the whole, like, I would have liked the Patriots better if the Cowboys are coming off another big win. For sure. But I still don't discount the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy doing Cowboy and Mike McCarthy things, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, most teams would bounce back. That would sharpen their focus. They would come back. They'd be pissed off. They'd have a renewed sense of urgency, and they'd try and set everything straight. That's what most functional, normal NFL teams would do. I do not think the Cowboys nor Mike McCarthy teams are like that. Me neither. So they are. In, it is entirely possible that the Cowboys go from bad to worse or they go on a, a, a thing here where they don't bounce back. I don't trust the Cowboys. So I give the Patriots a chance in this game. But please note, I'm not giving the Patriots a chance in this game because of the Patriots. I'm handicapping the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I'm handicapping the Cowboys and their focus and their professionalism and the whole thing from Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones on down. They are more than capable of looking like the best team in the league for two weeks and then losing to two swaggy nothing teams the next two weeks. That is entirely a Cowboys thing to do. Mike, so, so you so you have a chance this week. And by the way, you know, so football wise, uh, they lost the cornerback Diggs, the ACL for the season. That's huge. I mean, you know, he is a boomer bust type guy, but I think he has eighteen interceptions the last like two or three years. I mean, the guy turns the ball over. That's big, and they're having. Injury issues on the offensive line. Zach Martin's beat up. Uh, the center is beat up. They really only have one dynamic weapon, C.D. Lamb. I mean, Brandon Cooks is out there. I, I, I mean, but the Patriots know him. They, they're they going to know how to deal with him. Um, you know, I like Gallup, but I haven't seen him a lot this year. I don't know what he's up to or why. The tight end's not any good. Yeah, because so, they lost Keane, right? Who the hell's their tight end now? It's uh, Jake Ferguson. Ugh. Yeah, so they they this is another team similar to the Jets that doesn't have a whole lot out of that one wide receiver, and you know, but I do think Mc, McCarthy has a good scheme, and it's a scheme that Belichick has some issues with. You know, the Packers and McCarthy. I mean, remember they came in here with Matt Flynn and almost won a game. Um, you know, when Rodgers was hurt, I think twice they didn't have Rodgers in a game, and the Packers have always been competitive. So uh, I think this is a really good matchup. So, uh, it, all that being said, I'm handicapping the Cowboys and not you. You have a chance to win because of them, not you. If you win, I'm not going to do that thing on Monday. I'm just telling you. I'll give the Patriots full credit. They haven't had a win like this since Brady left. They haven't. Agreed. Nope. They have not beaten a good team and a legit starting quarterback straight up since Brady left. And you can look it up. I mean, the last time they played this guy, they gave up 500 and something yards. Wait, hang on. Let me... I need to I need to know who the backup is because that that it's possible that he might end up playing this game considering the Patriots' history. Cooper Rush. Yeah, no, exactly. No, it, it, Dak Prescott's going to have a high ankle sprain in practice <laughs> coming up tomorrow. But no, no, the only you know b- good wins you've had are weather games or big injury games. You beat Buffalo in the wind. You beat the Ravens the Cam Newton year in a, here in a rainstorm. You beat the Dolphins last year with Skylar Thompson and you know etc. Teddy you, Bridgewater. Yep. You have not beaten. A good team with anything approaching an elite starting quarterback in a straight up game since Brady left. Right. This is the, even this victory on Sunday continued the streak of eight of their last 
Eight of their last nine wins have come against backup quarterbacks. So, Jared Goff is the only starting quarterback the Patriots have beaten in one-plus years. If you get the win, I'm not going to sit here and just dump on the Cowboys. I'll tip my cap and say, there you go. There you go. You cross the threshold, and now where do you go from here? I'll give you full credit for it. But make no mistake, if you win, it'll be because of Cowboys. Yeah, Craig, I'll make it easy for you. Take away the Jets, and the Patriots are 19-27 and 27 I, since I, Brady left. I, you love that stat. I was waiting for you to whip it out. It's Matt. a good stat. All they can beat is the Jets and 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 and, uh, and themselves and a monsoon. <laughs> uh, right? Bill's Here, happy about that. Here's uh, uh, satisfied. Greg, thanks for coming by. As always, ben. thanks, guys. See you next Tuesday. Eh? I swear, you've been sitting there for a while patiently. We can go right to you after Murray's ninety-second update. No commercials, and right to you.